Basketball Podcast, the Sports Ethos presentation. I'm your host, Sam Orlick, with you here today on Tuesday, May 10th, down here in Southern California, breaking down the last two games of the Golden State Warriors and Memphis Grizzlies Western Conference Semifinals, Warriors taking care of business at home, winning games three and four. We've got drama to un- to to unpack here as we've got some injury update news on John Morant, uh, Steve Kerr going into health and safety protocols, Mike Brown accepting the head coaching position for the Sacramento Kings, and a lot more. So let's get into it um first of all let's do a little uh recent news update so as i just alluded to head coach or associate head coach mike brown accepted the position of head coach for the sacramento kings congratulations to mike brown who has held the position of associate head coach on steve kerr's staff for the warriors for the past six years mike brown has been an instrumental piece in what I am going to call the Steve Kerr brain trust. Um, Over the last few years, you know, Steve Kerr has missed games in the postseason and Mike Brown's um, perfect postseason record continues with the win last night. Um, Who did step in for Steve Kerr, who, as I already mentioned, is in health and safety protocols. So all the best to Mike Brown. He will be dearly missed on this Warriors coaching staff. Um, it's also been reported that Kenny Atkinson's out there looking for jobs as well. So, you know, a little bit of interesting news. Um, I know we still are in the playoffs, and and so not even really thinking about summer and next season and all of that, but will be interesting to follow up on that as we head into the offseason, looking at who Steve Kerr will look to replace some of these prominent members of his coaching staff so next news uh that i wanted to just hit on steve kerr health and safety protocols if you had noticed over the last few games in this second round against the grizzlies steve kerr had been wearing a mask um he'd been feeling under the weather reportedly and tested positive um which placed him in the league's health and safety protocols so the warriors were were without him in game four He's also expected to miss game five. As I just mentioned, Mike Brown is undefeated when filling in for Steve Kerr in the postseason. So I think we'll be in great hands with Steve Kerr's absence. All right, let's talk some hoops. So on Saturday, May 7th, we had game three, which was at home at Chase Arena. Warriors going to this game with the with the series tied 1-1 and um we got a final score of 142-112. Warriors scored 41 points in the fourth quarter. Just absolutely blitzed Memphis in the second half. Uh John Morant would exit this game with knee soreness. There is much debate um or controversy as to the source or play um that might have caused this injury for Morant uh Grizzlies and head coach Taylor Jenkins 
believe that there was a play where Wiggins and Poole were double teaming Morant at half court. Poole brushed Morant's knee, um, brushed, tapped, hit, pushed, whatever verb you want to put in there. You know, hard to hard to really say definitively what the action or motion was without really being there in person and seeing it live. Um, unfortunately, in today's world of technology and being able to slow things down and and really kind of see whatever you want to see, um, for lack of a better word. So not going to dispute what the two sides are saying, but basically um, on the Grizzlies side, they believe that Jordan Poole caused this um, right knee soreness for John Morant, that which caused him to exit the game. He would not return. It did come out today, this afternoon, that Morant, ha- um, MRI confirmed that Morant has a bone bruise and will likely be out for the rest of the postseason. Um, he is doubtful, not expected to return, but expected to make a full recovery. Um, and yeah, as I just kind of alluded to, this play is, of course, under much scrutiny and controversy. Uh, the Memphis Grizzlies had pleaded with the NBA to review the play after the game. The NBA determined that there would be no subsequent action taken against Jordan Poole. It was a normal basketball play, and we play on. Um, Obviously, terrible news for the Grizzlies, for John Morant. You hate to see anybody get hurt, um, especially a star. And, um, you know, Warriors fans know it firsthand, losing losing GP2 in Game 2. And so... You know, this this is just playoff basketball. It's highly competitive. Both teams really want to win. Both teams are very talented. You've got the young and hungry up-and-coming Grizzlies with the um, incredibly athletic and gifted young pieces of names like John Morant, Jaron Jackson Jr., Brandon Clark. And then you've got the kind of old-school warriors with their kind of dynastic core of Steph, Clay, Draymond, Kavon, Looney, and Iguodala. Um, And so it is kind of this really interesting clashing of two styles between warriors and Memphis, young versus old. Um, And both, you know, both teams incredibly successful in the regular season, finishing with the second and third best records in the league, respectively. Um, you know, as we had kind of touched on coming into the series, Memphis had owned the Warriors in the regular season three to one. Um, and just a lot of different factors that go into matchups, um, games win or lost, execution down the stretch. So much happens, can change game to game, quarter to quarter, play by play that, you know, it, it really does take a lot to win a championship it's not easy to do there's a lot of things that can go wrong and there's a lot of things that need to go right for the Warriors obviously missing Andre Godala in this series which is a big piece Um, not a guy who's going to necessarily play 20 to 30 minutes a night but even in a 10 to 15 minute roll off the bench he plays backup point guard he's a great defensive presence he's got that veteran um, savviness to help lead the team um, you do frequently see Warriors, even the likes of Clay Thompson, um, talking to Iguodala, um, kind of leaning on his vet experience being um, the oldest member of the Golden State Warriors. And then, obviously, we already hit on this, but 
brutal injury for Gary Payton II on the um, Dylan Brooks contact play. And then here we have Morant, um, you know, going to be out with the bone bruise. So, um, oh, and not to forget, Steven Adams was in the health and safety protocols. He would return to um, for game three. Didn't play until garbage time when the game was already out of hand. So it was kind of interesting to see this game three play out as we're kind of circling back into into the recap here. Um, Taylor Jenkins really just opted to go with the same kind of strategy in group that he had in the first two games um, with Morant there. But then without Morant, we saw a very different version of the Grizzlies in game four, which was Adams... Steven Adams in the starting lineup with uh, Tyus Jones replacing Morant. And so you really saw the Grizzlies decide to go from the fast pace, high flying, um, you know, get out in transition, shoot a lot of threes offense to a much slower and deliberate, bring the ball up, work it inside, crash the boards, punish the Warriors for playing small. Um, And, you know, for the better part of 45 minutes in game four, it worked. Memphis maintained a lead uh, through 45 minutes of play. And um, sure, the Warriors, you know, could not hit a three for their life. They set a franchise record for most consecutive three-pointers missed to start a playoff game at 16. Um, Steph Curry did not hit a three-pointer. Jordan Poole did not hit a three-pointer. You had Steph Curry make a few. Otto Porter was really one of the only guys that that shot any um, nice percentage from three. Uh, And so this really became a battle or more or less a struggle to score on both ends. Um, Both teams really struggled to shoot the ball. Um, And, you know, Warriors had 38 points at halftime, which again, I mentioned in game three in the fourth quarter, they scored 41 points. So um, scoring more points in the fourth quarter in game three than they did in two quarters in game four. But Warriors in their, you know, championship DNA ways turned it on down the stretch. You had big play after big play when it mattered most. Andrew Wiggins coming in for a huge block on Desmond Bain. Clay Thompson picks the pocket of Dylan Brooks. Draymond Green um, with a closeout block on Jaron Jackson Jr. for three with five fouls. And then you had Steph Curry score 18 points in the fourth quarter to really put away this Memphis team. Um, you know, one thing that I will call out in this game that struck me was, you know, Memphis's youth. And, um, and it really showed in this game, and especially down the stretch, Memphis was rattled to say the least. You know, what more could they have done in this game Um, but it was just poor execution on the Memphis side. Dylan Brooks taking a fadeaway step back three pointer when he didn't need to Jaron Jackson trying to do the same thing, um, for the go ahead three against Draymond Green. You had countless turnovers. Um, you know, you had a silly foul in transition on Dylan Brooks, um, fouling Steph Curry in, in what, you know, he had, you know, behind the play kind of foul, just gifting them two free throws. So, You know, for the Warriors, you hate to shoot the ball so poorly. Um, You know, you hate to get punished inside. Still ended up winning the Battle of the Boards. Warriors have led the Grizzlies in rebounding um, in every game thus far, which I believe is a big part of that 3-1 
lead that they currently have right now. Um, but you just see Menth Memphis's youth and and the mistakes that you make um, when you're you know learning on the job, which is what Memphis is doing. They don't have a lot of vets. Sure, you've got Adams, you've got Kyle Anderson, um, you've got a few pieces, but for the most part, you know the Grizzlies are pretty young, and this group that has now you know, under Taylor Jenkins just really succeeded this season. I don't want to take away anything from that. Memphis is a very talented team. They are challenging the Warriors in many ways, uh, making this a very competitive um, series. And you just see that, you know, this team's going to be really good, the Memphis Grizzlies in the future. But this was kind of a learning moment for that group um, of what it takes to win against a good team in a playoff environment, in a hostile environment, right? On the road. Um, and no lead is safe. I think Memphis had a 12-point lead at one point in the fourth quarter in game four. And so, you you know, you got to execute and play for 48 minutes and even more so down the stretch. And those poor, poor shot selections or um, just those brief moments where you stop and you make a mistake, you, you're unable to execute, and all of a sudden, you know, everything can switch. Your lead can dissipate, the rhythm can, you know, you can suck the rhythm out of your team, shots are falling, now they're not, you're getting fouls, now you're not, um, your defense isn't there. And so, you know, I think for Memphis, they're going to um, take a look at this, at this series with the Warriors and really use this as a moment to kind of recollect and regroup themselves and realize moving forward what it's going to take if they want to be successful in the postseason in the Western Conference. And Warriors did the same, right? You had the Golden State Warriors under Mark Jackson prior to Steve Kerr go through a similar exercise, right? The Warriors um, lost in the first round and then the following year, they lost in the second round to the Los Angeles Clippers in kind of a similar fashion where it was a highly contested ser series. There were injuries. Guys got hurt, um, split games at first, and then, you know, just unable to close out and execute down the stretch. And so, you know, to an extent, it's part of it's part of the process. It's part of the learning curve. You've got John Morant and Jaron Jackson, who are both incredibly young. And they're going to be very successful. And I think this Grizzlies team is going to be good for a long time. And we're just starting to see the beginnings of that. So again, not here to take away anything from Memphis. I just thought that this game four really kind of showed their youth and, um, and kind of their, you know, kind of their, their ceiling per se for this season. Right. I mean, I don't think the Warriors had any business winning this game four, um, you know, I'm surprised that the Warriors even ended up putting up 101 points after going into halftime with 38 points. That being said, for the Warriors, like we just said, you just had these guys making plays down the stretch when it mattered most. And just Andrew Wiggins, man, can we just talk about Wiggins for a moment? Because he has just been absolutely incredible. Andrew Wiggins in game four, 39 minutes, led the team in minutes, seven of 13 from the field, um, led the team in shooting. If you discount Kevon Looney's three of five from the field, one of five from three, which, you know, 
was only the uh, the third warrior on the team to actually hit a three-pointer um, real quick. You know, Wiggins, 1 of 5. Clay Thompson, 0 for 7. Curry, 4 of 14. Poole, 0 for 3. Porter, 4 of 6. Damian Lee, 0 for 2. So, Wiggins, 7 of 13 from the field. 1 of 5 from 3. 2 of 3 from the line. 10 rebounds. An assist to steal 2 blocks. 17 points, plus 12. Led the team in plus minus. Um, second leading score behind Curry's 32. And Wiggins really didn't get... Um, a lot of shots down the stretch either and so that's what makes his 17 even more impressive because he could have scored more he just quietly goes to work does what needs to be done plays great defense rebounds the ball makes the right reads hits the open shot fills the floor no complaints no bs just just a true pros pro i mean i don't know where the warriors would be this season without Andrew Wiggins. Um, Steph Curry, we just hit on him for a minute. Uh, 18 points of his 32 in the fourth quarter. 10 of 25 from the field. 4 of 14 from three. 8 of 9 from free throws. 5 boards, 8 assists, a steal. Uh, 32 points and, and a plus 6 on the floor. So this was just a quintessential hard-fought match where nothing's going right nobody can hit a shot warriors finished with 16 turnovers on the night to the grizzlies 12 warriors made nine threes out of 37 attempts grizzlies only made nine threes out of 35 attempts warriors shot 36 of 90 from the field grizzlies shot 40 uh 96 from the field warriors 20 of 22 from the line grizzlies 19 of 15 from the line and those free throws man that really was the difference um and for memphis you had kyle anderson shoot two of seven and jaron jackson shoot seven of eight and so you really saw them miss john moran in terms of getting into the paint and getting to the foul line but um kyle anderson who did go to work seven of eight from the field 17 points eight boards two steals a block um hit a three so Kyle Anderson was very effective on the floor, third third leading scorer behind Jaron Jackson's 21 and Tyus Jones' 19. But the two of seven, the five missed free throws, I mean, that was the game right there. So um, great to see Andrew Wiggins hit his free throws. The Warriors as a team doing a really great job executing at the free throw line. Hey guys, just wanted to take a quick break and remind you that there is no such thing as an off-season when it comes to fantasy. There is only the pre-draft season. And here at Sports Ethos, the pre-draft season has already begun. Our expert analysts are putting out important lessons learned in draft analysis on the incoming rookie class so that you, you the listener, can get a jump on our prep. And we'll have incredible free agency and summer league coverage as well. But you must be a part of our premier membership team. Head to sportsethos.com now and click on the premium tab to grab a fantasy pass to say. Seriously, cook yourself one extra lunch per month because it's only $5.99. See you there. So, um... Talked about game four, talked about game three. Warriors now leading the series three to one. 
heading back to Memphis for a closeout game. Um, no Iguodala, no Gary Payton, no John Morant, no Steve Kerr. Um, you know, what do we kind of expect here on both sides? Um, kind of more or less the same. I don't think a lot is going to change on the Warriors side. You got to think that Klay Thompson's going to at least hit a three and Steph Curry is going to shoot better than four of 14 from three and 10 of 25 from the field. Um, on the Memphis side, I don't think there's anything else they can do. I mean, Dylan Brooks was a volume shooter um, and was highly inefficient, but someone's got to shoot on that team. You know, Dylan Brooks ended with uh, five of 19 from the field, two of nine from three. Um, But you know, he's going to be out there trying to guard Steph Curry. Steven Adams was just an absolute animal, 15 rebounds and 10 points. So you think that, you know, they'd continue to play him along with Jaron Jackson Jr., and Kyle Anderson, because that front court was very successful. They were able to punish the Warriors. They just couldn't execute down the stretch again, like we said, and their inability to hit shots from outside um, really just relegated them to um, attacking the paint and trying to draw fouls and uh, trying to hit the boards. But again, as we said, Warriors really beating Memphis at their own game out-rebounding the Grizzlies 44-38. to 38. Um, No, I'm sorry. Uh, that was defensive rebounds. 54-48 to 48, um, on the rebounding battle. And so, again, I don't think that there's much else we'll see from Memphis other than maybe better shooting. Uh, DeAnthony Melton only went out there for nine minutes. Maybe that changes. Brandon Clark only played 11 minutes. Maybe that changes. Uh, Zaire Williams was pretty good. Uh, he got out there for 18, so... Yeah, I mean, Taylor Jenkins rode his starters hard. Tyus Jones played 41 minutes, Desmond Bain 36, Dylan Brooks 39, Jaron Jackson 33, Steven Adams 27. Um, I don't really see much of that changing. I don't think that there's much that they can change without John Morant. That's really their best strategy. Um, On the Warriors' side, kind of more or less the same. We saw Jonathan Kaminga get the start. He played five and a half minutes Um, struggled in that stretch, would not play for the rest of the game. But that was more because of the style of this series. Um, I think the Morant version of the Grizzlies leads, lends itself to Kaminga having more opportunities with, with trying to run with the more athletic Jaron Jackson Jr. and Brandon Clark. Um, But when you throw Steven Adams and Kyle Anderson and some of the more slower, stronger, more deliberate veterans. Uh, I think you're going to see more of Kavon Looney, Otto Porter Jr., Damian Lee, uh, Draymond Green type um, Andrew Wiggins um, front court players. And so, yeah, I don't think we're going to see a lot of changes on both sides. Um, I do expect the Grizzlies to continue to come out and play with a lot of intensity and energy. Grizzlies have basically... Um, come out guns blazing in every game so far this series. Warriors have just really started every game from behind and had to kind of fight their way back into it. So as much as I don't like that, um, I do kind of expect that trend to follow. Um, would be great to see a Steph Curry breakout game, you know, a game where he shoots over 50% from the field. Uh, Clay Thompson bounced back as well. Six of 20, 0 of seven from three for Clay. 
uh, but he did get seven boards, two assists, a steal, and two blocks. Very active defensively. Jordan Poole, four of six from, sorry, four of 12 from the field, 0 of three from three, six of six from the line, six rebounds, five assists. Um, Poole was tied for second in assists behind Draymond Green with five and Steph Curry with eight. Jordan Poole continues to be incredibly offensively skilled and gifted, drawing attention from Memphis, attacking the rim ferociously and knocking down clutch free throws, as well as playing decent defense. I will give him that. Jordan Poole's defense has definitely been on the rise. I would not go as far to say that he is a net plus on the defensive end, but he is definitely not um, a net minus. He is significantly better now than he was, let's say, at the start of the season, which is exactly what you want to see. Um, And really, that's it. I really hope that the Warriors can close it out in Memphis. I expect them to, um, but I don't think it's going to be an easy game. I don't think, you know, if we got Dylan Brooks and Steven Adams and Kyle Anderson, those guys aren't backing down. Uh, Memphis is going to fight until the last whistle blows. Warriors can't take anything for granted, but the winning recipe has already been made. Um, you just got to go out there and execute for 48 minutes. Um, and on the flip side, anxiously wait to see who comes out of the other side of the bracket between Dallas and Phoenix. Uh, Warriors would definitely like that to go to seven games, get a little bit more rest. Um, and yeah, I think that's all we got for today. If you haven't already, please give me a follow on Twitter at SDOrlick. Once again, this has been a We Believe Golden State Warriors basketball podcast, a sports ethos presentation. Please subscribe, rate, review the show. And thanks for tuning in, guys. We'll catch you on.